1: Hey there, I'm Aaron, and thanks for joining me for this very special bonus episode of Table of Malcontents. Even though we're still on a hiatus, it doesn't mean that Dave and I aren't still doing things together. And in fact, that's exactly what today's episode is. It's a conversation between me and Dave that was recorded at Landmark Booksellers in Franklin, Tennessee on March 1st, 2023. This conversation was held to commemorate the release of my new book, I'm a Christian, Now What? A Guide to Your New Life with Christ. In this conversation, we discuss why I wrote the book, some of its key themes, some of the advice that I wish I'd been given, and things I would have done differently if I could have a do-over as a new Christian, and how I hope this book helps its readers, as well as taking a few questions from the audience that was in the store as well. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. And if you do like what you are here, I also hope that you'll grab a copy of the book for yourself. It's available everywhere books are sold and that you'll not only read it, but that you'll share it with someone that you know who might be encouraged by it. So thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Enjoy the show. you're watching
0: uh my name is dave schrader this is aaron armstrong the said author tonight this is gonna be a little bit different uh maybe a little bit less professional but we're gonna have fun um i'm looking at eric ross over here we're gonna give a shout out to his podcast books of titans uh, this guy is like a real reader by the way he is reading all the great
1: books right now starting with the epic of gilgamesh does that mean that I made a mistake by asking you to be my co-host on a podcast all those years ago? All these years ago. All right. We were
0: always watching Eric because yeah. we thought what he was doing is better. Oh, okay. But we just didn't yeah. want to admit it. That's true. Yeah, so that's yeah. this is what happens. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's fine. Is it fine? Okay. Sure. Okay. <laughs> well, we have uh, a resident immigrant here,
1: uh, our Canadian, Aaron Armstrong, um, who's written a little book today. It's uh, true. It is in fact little. It's uh, you know, it's 168 pages, so it's nice and accessible. So it's 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 for for people who love reading
0: as well as who don't read good. Yes. Just to-
1: Yes. <laughs> it's a, but you know, it's perfect for libraries where that are uh, that are scale that are built to scale. Okay. So that ants can ants can fit in.
0: It's okay. just fine. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, Aaron, why don't you tell us a little bit about the book? I want to give, give everyone just a little overview
1: about what it is, what you have wanted to do, basically why it exists. Yeah. So, uh, so the book that, uh, that we're talking about today is called I'm a Christian, Now What? A, a Guide to Your New Life with Christ. And so for those who are in the building, of course, it is available here in the store today, which um, by 10... If you can. Um, I would love that very much, um, as would my publisher. But, um, and all of you online, you should also buy it from Landmark's store online, too. So there we go. Um, that was but, good. thank you. It was that was a good, a good pitch. Perfectly natural. So we know where we natural. are now, Absolutely. Basically. That's right.
0: And for all the very confused people in here, we are recording this as a podcast That's as right. well. So this is going to be
1: extra weird. So thank yeah. you for not worrying about any sort of... Um, Uh, permissions or anything like that. Your presence is your, is your, is your present to me and your permission for us. But um, (laughs) anyway, so the, the book itself is, um, uh, the story behind this book is that uh, I became a Christian in the year 2005. I was 25 going on 26. Didn't grow up in, uh, with any sort of real faith background whatsoever. Um, Although apparently I went to Sunday school program a couple of times when I was like six or something like that in a small town in Alberta. So um, that's also in Canada for for the geographically challenged. The Dave. Great White North, Dave. very, very much. That's yes. right. That's right. So um, so anyway, uh, became a Christian in 2005. And the first thing I asked my now wife, Emily, who is, who is here with me tonight, was this all-important question now what what on earth are we supposed to do now that now that we're we're Christians because she became a Christian 12 seconds before I did um and so we so we had to figure out a lot of different stuff because you know we had we had been um you know you're pretty typical north american non-christian couple you know we had a we had all the trappings of marriage before we were married we owned a house we had a car that we leased together we had a shared bank account we um worked at the same company we did all of these kinds of things we just we and we were not married um pretty common stuff for most people these days but um you know ad, we later realized had some complexities uh there so that was one thing. We had questions about, okay, what does this mean for where we go to church? Where does it? What does it mean for how we do this whole having a relationship with God thing? How do we read the Bible? How do we pray? Um, how do? How does it re- relate to how I read and listen to music and what kind of and movies and all of these kinds of things? How do I engage with? the with big social issues as a christian as well and how do i actually how do i honestly how do i fight well mm-hmm. um and so that one, and that one's a really tricky one but uh
0: not with me but you know i mean i never fight saying. with you okay no right. good
1: no we're 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 good we're good, we're I'm, good. I'm feeling it yeah yeah <laughs> right. Yeah. so dave that's that's kind yeah. of the big story behind the that's the big those are the big that's what led down the process to this but um uh but in that um you know uh, figuring all of that out figuring that mess out led to a whole was was really really messy and kind of staggering and falling over and running into walls as um as we went along and Emily being significantly more patient with me than I deserved through <laughs> most of it um and so, around uh, around eight years ago, in, in twenty fifteen, was coming up on ten years of being being a Christian, and I started thinking thinking back because I get I sometimes get a little bit uh, introspective or navel gazy around um, around um, time stamps with a five or a zero at the end, and so. Um, uh, so watch out for my forty-fifth birthday because that's going to be rough. <laughs> um, but um, the um, but with that, I start, I started thinking about okay, these were all the things that that happened. These were these were places where, um, you know, yes, I had some wins, but these are some these are also some areas like man, I could have done. I wish I could could do have done this better. Like, yeah. honestly, leaving the first church that we were a part of, I could have done such a better job of and just did not. Um, you know, and and a whole bunch of other stuff, too. And so since we are all finite beings, we are linear beings, we exist within one single space in time, um, I can't go back in time and um, talk to 25 year old me and slap them. Um, but what I can do instead is encourage someone who's in the same boat that I was in at that age and at that stage in my faith and say, okay, guy, this is guy, gal, this is going to be tricky, but it's going to be okay. And so let's, here's some here's some of the stuff that i walk through here are some questions you might have let's walk through that together and so um and that ultimately is what became this book
0: okay yeah so a lot of what you're referring to it sounds like a very weird experience especially coming as an adult yeah yeah finding god and at the same time then trying to figure out again the point of the book now what what do i do with this so when that happens like what is, what? How do you how do you take those next steps? How did you take those next steps? And you you indicated like there's things that didn't go as how yeah. you'd hoped, but like how would you tell someone else going through something as today saying like, is it does it have to be this weird, Christianity <laughs> in general,
1: following Jesus? Like what what would you tell that person? Well, I mean, there's a degree to which like. <sighs> I'll back up and and just say, like, if you don't have people in your life already who are mm-hmm. Christians, it's going to be a little bit harder mm-hmm. than if you do. We were very fortunate that um, we had a college friend named Adam who um, became a Christian a couple of years before we did. And he's actually the one who invited us to um, a program at his church, which ultimately led to this whole us being here thing Mm -hmm. um and talking about this right now um but with that um you need to have people around you and you need to have people who can ask questions about hey what's what's going on how are you doing today and so this is where immediately having having um some kind of 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 church is really really helpful and so whatever that looks like um you know, the first church that we were a part of was really good for us for our first couple of years, and um, they were very kind and very patient. The pastor um, was probably way more patient with us on a number of things than he should have been, but uh, but he was also flying by the seat of his pants at a very particular time when God was doing something very unusual, and a whole bunch of 20-somethings who were all living and sleeping together all became Christians all at the same time. But not all of them, literally, not weird so that sounded really strange. So, um, but it is Canada. So you never know. Um, anyway, um, so I think I think some of the things that I would start with would be like, okay, so let's let's go. Let's just acknowledge the fact that Christianity is kind of weird. I mean, think about it. We we read a book on a regular basis that is thousands of years old that we come to expecting to hear from the creator of the universe. Mm -hmm. And what's more is, is that we actually do. That's both, that is weird, but it's cool. We, not only do we come to a book expecting to hear from him, but we can talk to him with our words, with our thoughts, with our our pens. Um, All of these different ways. And we call that prayer. That's a bit unusual too. Um, We also, this God that we communicate with and we build a relationship with also exists outside of space and time. And yet also is actively engaged within space and time. And not only is engaged with it, but also entered into it as and became one of us. That's super weird. It's the kind of weird that is so weird. It can only be true. And so that is one of the things that and so we have to acknowledge those things. Um, And yeah, we can get into some other other things that are kind of peculiar. I mean, you know, but but. In a lot of those instances, it just ends up being kind of making fun of Christian culture stuff, and that's not really necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you'll get enough of that in in time, and it's okay. Um, and we all do it among among friends, especially about songs, but um, <laughs> and maybe movies. Yeah. But uh, but so you're gonna want to start with quite like say okay, so we read the bot, so we start with acknowledging the weirdness, then we can then we can start talking about, okay, here's what it actually means to be a Christian too. That if you are a Christian, you're actually a new person. Hmm. Yeah, you look the same, you you have the same ha- mannerisms, generally speaking. You say a lot of the, you have the same mouth and language that you and vocabulary and all this kind of stuff. But internally, there has been a change in you. And so you have new desires. You have um a new mindset you have a new purpose you have a new hope that you didn't have before Mm -hmm. and so and basically the rest of your life is is working all of those things out Mm -hmm. and so that and that starts with and that comes down to everything from learning the basic mechanics of how you do faith with reading reading your bible praying being in relationship with other christians um down to how do you how do you interact with the world around you? Mm-hmm. Good.
0: Aaron. I became a Christian in the '90s when I'm uh, sorry you were told after you come to know Jesus that it's time to crush your Pearl Jam, Nirvana, Metallica, Black album.
1: Man, I'm so sorry. So it's going to be okay because you had to buy those twice.
0: I uh, <laughs> I wised up and they remained intact. Oh, but, good. Uh, good. Uh, my point is like, you know, for someone who does come to know Jesus, like, what do you tell them about? Like what, how to look at culture today and how to appreciate music, books, and we'll get to that a little bit more in a second, but yeah, what would you tell that person?
1: Well, you know, that's a really good thing. I mean, I think, I think one of the first things that we need to do, and we need to do a really good job of this as, you know, within the church, and it's a place where we have kind of fallen down on and off. Um is that we need to we need to remo- we need to relearn the truth that creativity comes from God mm-hmm. in every in every form in every fashion mm-hmm. um, God himself created the most amazing thing ever which is mm-hmm. the entire universe mm-hmm. it is spectacularly interesting we look at we we get evidence of this over and over and over and over again as as we develop new technology that lets us see more and more cool things Mm -hmm. um and i mean you know you look at the the web telescope images it's like this stuff is Mm mind-blowing it's awesome um you know you see that the you you see that the first you you see instances of the first musicians already in in scripture. people naturally started gravitating towards all this kind of stuff. Um, we don't need to fear creativity. We don't need to be ashamed of creativity. We need to embrace creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, as Christians, one of the things that we need to do we need to especially do is we need to em to embrace the the really kind of the rubric of the goodness the goodness truth and beauty. Mm-hmm. And so this idea that um, like we, we can look at everything and we can see, okay, what is actually beautiful mm-hmm. in this? And like, cause you can see beauty even in like some pretty dark stuff. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, you on the live stream, you can't see this, but uh, right in front of me is a book called Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, which is a Southern Gothic novel mm-hmm. um, that I read in the mid nineties. And <laughs> it's, it's a weird book. <laughs> Man, but it's also beautifully written. Mm-hmm. Um, it is um, spectacularly interesting because of that. Um, but everything that we everything that we create as people, whether we're Christians or not, mm-hmm. has an opportunity. Like, does in some way point us to goodness, beauty, and truth? Whether that is um, in in the sense of technical excellence and beauty. Um, because of that or um that there's something that just because of us being made in the image and likeness of God we can't help testify to those things mm-hmm. um in who we are and so because of that the the content of what we write and sing and say and draw and all of these things all inevitably points us to some larger reality mm-hmm. That's I mean, I mean, unless it's, uh, with the possible exception of some nine-inch Nails songs, I'm, I'll, I'll give that caveat. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> with the ability to to observe the beauty of how the universe works and mm-hmm. so on, inevitably they're going to still be questions. What, yeah. How would you guide someone who, hey, they've they've come to accept Jesus yeah. in their life, yeah. but they still have questions or doubts or however you want to call them? What would you tell them?
1: Well, I mean. <sighs> Not to be afraid of them, I think, is the first is the first thing. There's a lot of room for questions in in the Christian faith. We're not we're intentionally not told everything that we want to know by God. He and that's the key. Not what we want to know. There's lots of stuff that I want to know. That I'm never going to get the answer to, like, for example, why on earth the Bachelor is still on? I don't understand that. Um, Do you can watch together and you know? <laughs> no, no, we're not going to, Dave. No, it's not that kind of podcast. Um, so um, or live stream. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but um, but what what we what God tells us is what we need to know and so we can't we so we can't be frustrated we we it's tempting to be frustrated when we come to the Bible when we when we are working through the the Christian experience um, by those questions if we're if we're not given the right understanding of of what to be looking for we're the the bible gives us everything we need for a life of faith and godliness so it tells us everything that we need to know to um, to know jesus and to live faithfully in obedience to him mm-hmm. it doesn't tell us the like doesn't tell us everything that is a mystery to us Um, and so we have to give room for those things and we need to be, we need to be humble and charitable and, um, be okay with saying things like, I don't know. It's a great, it's a great response to Mm -hmm. say, I don't know if it's something that you don't know and you can't know. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. um, so, but you also, but you also encourage exploration and say okay but let's let's try to figure this out let's let's see what where some other people have come to on these things and why and wrestle with the implications of of those i mean you know you think about um you think about debates about you know how you know anything and that would take us way too long to get through so um so let's keep going well i mentioned music before you've got kind of a theme that you use throughout the book
0: so tell the people hear a little bit about that
1: uh we are we talking music oh um don't listen to cheap imitations listen to good stuff instead that one
0: so you can have the freedom to yeah explore art yeah absolutely so i mean and i'll kind of back it like for those if you watch before you know a few weeks ago russ ramsey was in here with his book uh rembrandt is in the wind wonderful book highly recommend getting in here but like what I appreciate Russ walking us through is how to look at art yeah. through new eyes, especially as a yeah. Christian.
1: So, so yeah, go, so, go deeper there. So a lot of that uh, has to do with um, I think the way I de- the way I described it in the book is is talking about calibrating your convictions. And so, um, so what that means is is that um, all of us do have convictions. We have, um, um, and so. So, certain things at certain times may may or may not be best for best for us where we where we're at mm-hmm. uh, we think about music for a second um you know i've listened like so I listened to a lot of um grumpy sad pretentious music as a teenager because I was grumpy, sad and pretentious, <laughs> and um you know, and I'm still mostly grumpy and sad and pretentious, but you know moody. Moody, Moody. Moody. That's right. Okay, um, <laughs> but um, but I found that that when I became a Christian, there was certain stuff that it just wasn't like I listened to it, and it just wasn't good for it wasn't good for my for my heart and my mind at that particular time. It, um, and so I put some stuff on the shelf for a while. And eventually, eventually, some of it I came back to. Some of it I was just like, nope, I'm all done with this. And um, some of it is still like I could I could hear some of it and be like, that is technically excellent. And I just I just can't can't listen to it. Um, and it's not a bad thing, but um, it's obey. So it's as you calibrate your convictions. What that means is is that you're you're taking your. Um, you're thinking through what you're what you're listening to, what you're watching, what you're doing, um, all that kind of stuff um, through the lens of the Bible. And so that just takes time to mm-hmm. do. And so you're taking your cultural assumptions and you're testing them against that. Mm-hmm. And both new Christians and established Christians who are helping them have to do both of those things. Mm-hmm. They have to do it at the same time mm-hmm. because... Um, you know, certainly for a lot of um, mature or established Christians, people who've lived in and around the faith for a really long time, um, mm-hmm. one of the difficulties is that um, there's a lot of added on baggage that gets that gets thrown into stuff. So it's so which is which is where you get a lot of the um, oh, if you like the Foo Fighters, listen to this band that sounds kind of like them but isn't as good type of messaging that uh that comes out of the out of the the uh christian music industry and sorry for anyone who likes those bands um but it's cool <laughs> um but you know i mean i had friends who would be like who would be like oh try this one and i and so when we were new christians i'm like oh okay and so i'd put it on i played it a couple of times and i'm like Oh, okay, cool. And then I went and I started listening to something something good instead because it was just, this was more enjoyable. So are you saying that all Christian music is bad? Not at all. Yeah. Not at all because there is, um, I'm saying that genuinely good creative expression is genuinely good. Yeah. And so there is good creative expression mm-hmm. made by Christians that is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, there are guys like... Um, uh, there, like, there are all kinds of guys who do fantastic work
0: yeah.
1: um, that is really, really solid, guys and gals. And there's also people who are Christians who make just things that are <laughs> no. <laughs> well,
0: I'll play off. We're in a bookstore yeah. right yeah, yeah, now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, which I think. Part of my journey has been discovering like uh-huh. books that like help me grow, help me think deeper. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know, like we co-hosted a books podcast for years. We loved
1: that's true. Kind
0: of finding these kind of gems that yeah. are out there. But yeah. once you walk us through, kind of, hey, like what what do you recommend for a Christian
1: read? It may not be like an overt like Christian book, right? Yeah. Well, and that's always the fun thing is when it comes to stuff like that. I love going back to yeah. I. I have to have a conversation with those people before I can really, Mm -hmm. really say for sure because what someone likes to, what I like to read, and what someone else likes to read may not be the same thing, Mm -hmm. because I'm a weirdo and I read a lot of different things and a lot of things, (laughs) all at the same time, Um, and so, but. A book that I would go to right away would be something like, um, if someone is a little more literary-minded, literary I'm gonna go with like a uh, a, a Leifanger book um, mm-hmm. because it's just beautifully written, it's thoughtful, it's, um, you know, some of his books have overt-
0: And this is a novel. Aspects,
1: yes, yeah. so, so, um, so he's got three novels under his own name so far. Um, he writes one book like every 17,000 years and <laughs> it's great and he's not that and he's he's you know in his what early 60s something like that now mm-hmm. um, so it's impressive how he mm-hmm. can take that much time but um, you know his most recent book came out in 2018 called Virgil Wander and um, mm-hmm. and it's just and it's fantastic because all of his books are about people mm-hmm. and that's all and and that's what's interesting about them. There's not a huge. They're not super plot driven, but they're but they're interesting because of the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, his brother also writes um, excellent novels, and um, his are a little bit darker. Um, mm-hmm. But he's got one that um, is actually a kind of meta reinterpretation of um, Hamlet that also involves hamlet in it called the undiscovered country which is also a line from hamlet um and it's amazing um and it's but it's super but it's super dark (laughs) um so so i i have to give that caveat um you know for someone who is interested in um something a little more all-ages friendly you know a book like um uh, the well, the whole series really, the Wingfeather Saga, mm-hmm. uh, by Andrew Peterson, is wonderful for all ages. And mm-hmm. what I love about it is um, it has it's written with clearly deep theological convictions, mm-hmm. with a deeply rooted Christian faith, mm-hmm. but it doesn't read like a Christian fiction novel. It's just a good story, mm-hmm. and and good stories um communicate some of the some mm-hmm. like always inevitably riff off of something that's happening that that god has done because mm-hmm. we're all plagiarists in that sense mm-hmm. um you know i'd also go with um if you're a little more heady and you like and you like uh 19th century novels i mean i love dickens um great expectations is one of my favorite books mm. um which is probably strange for some people, but it's <laughs> you know it's fine. Um, I bought a copy of it when I was 17 for an independent study in English class in high school, and um, I have destroyed my copy with use. Um, I still have that one copy that I have. Um, I love Jane Austen as well. And so again, staying in that kind of vein, um, I would definitely recommend a book like Emma or Sense and Sensibility, Mm -hmm. um, particularly because one of the key things that you need to understand about her is is so much of her work is actually satire. Mm. And so the the movies that are made Mm -hmm. always miss that, because they make them these serious romances, and it takes out all the fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, mm-hmm. so that's uh, so that's some of it too. Um, and of course, you know there are there are great standbys like you know the Hobbit, um, you know the whole Lord of the Rings trilogy. Mm-hmm. Those are you know that might mm-hmm. feel a little bit cliche um, for for you know some of our crowd, but they're good stories mm-hmm. and they 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 present a deep truth. And they don't do it by being yeah. um, cheesy or che- uh, cool. cheesy or anything like that. Yeah. So, so those are those are a few. And then you know if and then for for other folks, um, you know sometimes I just got to say you know you got to read some Douglas Adams, <laughs> um, a dude who who did not did not in any way, shape, or form honor or respect. Um, or love the Lord Jesus, but man, he is a good, <laughs> funny, funny writer. But caveat: if you don't like British humor, you're not gonna like his I'm books. Like it. Yeah. So, All right. well, thank you for
0: those recommendations. You're this welcome. Is great. Yeah. I mean, again, just proving this yeah. the fact as you walk through, like, it's a uh, yeah. We need to to enjoy good things, and they may not come sometimes from a Christian, but artwork is often found ultimately coming from the creator and so yeah i think it's uh, there's a there's we were talking about Cormac mccarthy earlier we don't know exactly where Cormac mccarthy stands in his faith right but we know i know so many christians have been impacted by the road as an example yeah because of the father-son relationship yeah okay well god can use so many different types of stories to, to that's do right. what he wants so that's, that's right um before we close out aaron yeah. um one thing I love in the book, and I do encourage everyone to read it, pick up a copy, but it is, you get very practical. I want you to give like one last kind of charge. Like finding a church is weird. I think yes. that's one of the strangest things. And I felt like when I was reading that chapter, I felt like, okay, if I was starting over again, trying to figure out where to find a church, what advice would you give them? Give us a good short version of that.
1: Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. you know, there are. Here's what I'm gonna say. There are there are I think seven really good things to be looking for. Seven really important things to be after when you are looking for for a healthy church. Mm-hmm. None of those have to do with any kind of amenities or music style or even mm-hmm. quality of. Um, although we should always be pursuing the best quality that we can t- within within the means and abilities that we have. So there's my caveat. Um, but um, but those seven are that Jesus is is the focus of everything that we do so right down to the music the content of the music to the mm-hmm. the content of our preaching to um why we sell why and how we celebrate things like communion or the lord's supper or however else you might describe it depending on your tradition um but that you should be going in every single week expecting mm-hmm. to expecting to hear about Jesus and not be hearing, um, about, you know, whatever, whatever culture worry issue is going on at, at any particular moment. Mm -hmm. Um, the second is, is that character in leadership is prior and in volunteers and in people is prioritized over skill. And Mm -hmm. so not that skill doesn't matter, but the thing that the Bible emphasizes more than anything else Mm -hmm. is the quality of a, of a person's character. And so if a, if a, if a church is led by people who are above reproach, which is the overriding qualification for, um, for, for leadership in the Bible, um, that means that they are to have stellar character, that they are to, um, that, that really that no one can point, to a legitimate major fault. Doesn't mean they're perfect. But it means they have a good reputation with uh, with people outside in the in the community as a whole. Um, it means that they're not um, that they're not prone to love money or outbursts of anger. They're not narcissists. They're not abusive psychos. They're not um, any of the things you read about on the internet right now, which make me want to cry. And I don't feel feelings easily, so that says something. Um, but that goes. Uh, but that goes with a. But that's all I need to say about that right now. Uh, The next one is that the Bible is the standard. And so it's the norming norm of the things that we do. Um, That the people in the church, that there is a desire for people to be known. And so we take the time to create an environment, a culture where people can be known and people can feel safe bringing bringing their junk. And we give as much time as people need for that to happen. Um, and a big piece and a thing that goes along with that as well is that we take sin seriously. Mm-hmm. And so we, and especially big, serious sins that, you know, involve people from, you know, law enforcement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, sure. You know, we, we have to take those things seriously, but we also take seriously things like gossip and, mm-hmm. um, you know, you know, ongoing character flaws but we don't just look at the the we don't look at the surface and say you know Mm -hmm. oh someone is doing this all the time Mm -hmm. it's like okay what's going on what is so if it's if it's a if there's a gossip problem it's like okay so let's let's figure out okay what's going on in the heart that wants Mm -hmm. that's making someone want to gossip um if it's you know but again there's there's a whole lot of things that can be said there. Um, along with that, that non-Christians are loved. And so what that means is that we want to create a, we want an environment where someone who doesn't know anything about Christianity at all, that they're not completely clueless. Um, it's not creating a a an experience for them, but it's making it's making the the experience that is for Christians understandable mm-hmm. to a non-Christian, and then finally that compassion is a way of life, and so that's really important because, um, you know we have a we have a pendulum swing in um, the North American church especially where we um, where we get. Really excited about one thing, and then we get really anti that thing really fast. And um, one of those big things is, is uh, always seems to come back to uh, justice and mercy in, in the world. And yet the church historically has been the standard bearer for um, the pursuit of justice and mercy for all and compassion for all people I mean considering that um, in the early like that was what won so many people to the faith in the first place was how Christians cared for the sick for the widows for the orphans for who um, um, brought in and uh, brought in abandoned children into their families who um, when you know the, plagues hit they were the ones who didn't leave town but they stayed and they cared for people um this was this was such a priority for the church that um in some of the early count in one of the early councils they said out council meetings they said outright that wherever a church is built a hospital and a school needs to be built too so That is what we need to be, that's what we need to be known for. We need to be known for both our proclamation of the gospel and also our demonstration of the fruit of the gospel. And if we are not, and we do that um, as compassionate people. Mm. And so if a church Mm. imperfectly in all of those things, of course, because we're always going to, we're going to have strengths and weaknesses in those areas. But if we are pursuing those things, and if the church you're looking at is pursuing those things, yeah. then it's then it's a good church to be at. Yeah. That's, that's a good way to end, Aaron. That was great. So uh
0: one last thing, just if first as we end here, if anyone has any questions, here's what I would say, like feel free, we'd happy to answer right now. If not, we'll close off and we'll gonna be here for a while. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> anything else before we go.
1: Yeah. from Canada, moving to a place like Tennessee. Oh, that's different. <laughs> basically, every,
0: the first question anybody asks you when
1: they meet you is, so where do you go to church? Yeah. And yeah. It?
0: Like
1: yeah, so that's a great question. So, so the question being, um, what is the experience like moving from a, you know, from a Canadian context to a um, very Christian wallpapery context like tennessee um uh it was extreme culture shock <laughs> for for me because i'm not used to seeing bible verses all over the places and people like and this this veneer uh that covers a lot of the yuck that is pretty out in the open um but uh, there is a there there's a thing that i appreciate that uh flannery o'connor's uh, O'Connor once wrote about the South and another Southern Gothic writer. So you can kind of tell, that's right. Kind of tell where I live. Um, You know, she described the, she described the South as not being Christ centered, but as being Christ haunted a place where people um, are, don't so much believe that the gospel is true, but that they are afraid that it might be. And so that's, that kind of, um, when I read that, that actually helped me understand what I was seeing and what I was experiencing and that it's like, oh, OK, this is like, OK, we can we can work with this and I can and I can start to translate what's going on here and realize that um, and see that, you know, this isn't like some bastion of like last standing Christian culture, um, or anything like that, it's a place that desperately needs Jesus too. Mm-hmm. It's just a place that happens to have a lot of churches. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so it just changes kind of where we focus, which is, which is why, which is why I said earlier about like, we have to recalibrate our, um, our convictions on things based on based like, which means doing away with a lot of cultural stuff too. And it's harder for people here I've noticed um, <laughs> so it's a good court. Did I answer that? Okay. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. All right.
0: I haven't read your book yet, but I'm curious, like, uh, what do you think is the one piece of advice in here that you most
1: wish somebody would have shared with you? Ooh, Ooh that's a good one. Um, there's so much of it. I think honestly, I think I wish someone had been able to explain the concept of convictional kindness to me a lot sooner than I understood it. Explain that a little okay, bit. Okay. So so basically it's the the whole idea of embracing a lost virtue in society, so charity, um, that we can agree that that we can disagree on um on how we express um, not just like both. So let me back this up. We can we can disagree on significant issues with non-Christians and with Christians as well, but we can also um, disagree with like-minded Christians um, about how we live out shared values and shared convictions because we don't always do the same things. And I mean... You know, a great example of that is is with um, with how we think about how do we be how do we be a Christian how do we have be Christians in the public square, and so for a lot of people that immediately goes to things like politics. And um, as one who can't vote um, because not citizen ever, <laughs> right? Well, not ever. I will be eventually. Um, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. There's there's a lot of paperwork involved, and that makes me break out in hives. But. Um, um but we think that there's only one right way and so we'll hear messages like there's only one right way to vote there's only one right way to to talk about issue x y or z and it's and there may actually be more ways to more ways to deal with those things um you know education is another one of those things it's like you know it's either you know either you're, you're schooling this way or this way. And if you do, I, and if you, and whatever side you're on, um, you're evil if you're do and, you know, denying the gospel, if you don't do the one that I'm convinced is right. (laughs) Um, and it's, those things are just not true. Um, there's lots of good ways to do these. There's, there's lots of valid ways. The question is, is what is, what is our conviction? So the other thing, honestly, that I wish someone had said, though, um, that was something else was I wish someone in our first church had given us an out for living in a compromised kind of way mm-hmm. when we were new Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, so gotcha. but no one did. So so basically, I wish someone had been able to give one of us a room to stay in. Yeah. Um, sure. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, at their house, rent free. You're trying to make, <laughs> make yeah. ends meet. Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, gotcha. yep. So that's a that's a key takeaway for for all the all the the people who are concerned about cohabitation. You're, if if we as Christians really really care about stuff like that, we want to make let's let's open up a guest room.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good question. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anything else before we end?
1: I think we got yeah. it. All right. All right. Aaron. Dave, this has been wonderful. Congratulations. Thank you.
0: You have a book. I do. I have a book. I'm a Christian now what? A guide to your new life with Christ. Landmark booksellers. Thank you guys yes, for having thank us. You. We really
1: appreciate it. And thanks all for coming yeah. out.